Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to your Wednesday, May 20th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. It's brought to you by Yingling Traditional Lager. Spread your wings and you can give them a follow on Twitter at Yingling Beer. A lot to get into on this episode, including my conversation with former Flyer Simone Gagne. Simone making some media availability this week. Uh, remember the anniversary just last week of the comeback against the Boston Bruins, where you know, he's such a big part of that series. First of all, he has the broken foot in the first round against the Devils. Somehow, miraculously comes back and battles through it to contribute in key ways against the Boston Bruins, including Game 4, Flyers down three games to none. In Game 4, it's Gagne who gets the goal in overtime to keep the series alive, and then we know what happens in Game 7. The Flyers go down 3 to nothing in the game, and the fourth goal of the game comes off the stick of Simone Gagne. Say, so great to catch up with, with him and uh, kind of that conversation on uh, those series, those rounds, his career as a Flyer, and much more uh, coming up a little bit later in this episode. But we do have a decent amount of news to report in regards to the NHL and the return to play. And the NHL Return to Play Committee, they've been in having constant dialogue. And you'll hear uh, James Van Riemsdyk, who is on the Return to Play Committee on this uh, podcast coming up on Friday. Uh, I'll be talking with him later this afternoon on Wednesday. And uh, a lot of interesting questions for him. They continue to try and hammer out uh, ways to to kind of get back with this either 2014 playoff field, 20-team playoff field. One of the hang-ups right now that's being reported is the fairness of the play-in situation. And, and you're really looking at teams like Montreal, Chicago, teams that, while were not mathematically eliminated from playoff contention, it would have been uh, merely a matter of games or days uh, that they would have been. So uh, we know why the NHL wants to include them. Uh, they're two very big markets in Chicago and Montreal, both original six markets, and they are trying to recoup as much capital as they can here and mitigate the damages of all the money lost, especially because they're going to come back without fans likely as well. As far as a timeline when the NHL would like to get back, uh, they're looking at somewhere now, as being reported by Pierre Lebrun, somewhere around mid-July. So if you get back in mid-July with a 2014 playoff field, say it's going to take nine weeks for the whole thing to go uh, all the way through to the Stanley Cup being awarded. So that mid-July now takes you to the last week of September, and then you go all the way through November, and then you'll probably start uh, a training camp and season uh, sometime in early December for the 2020-2021 season. So uh, they've got to hammer out this this fairness uh, equation as part of the return to play committee's uh, main job right now. Also trying to figure out the hub cities, if you will, their desire was to do four cities that may be down to two. They do want to do one north of the border in Canada. And that brings us to the next issue that came up uh, on this day. And it was uh, the United States and Canada uh, kind of uh, renewing or extending their border closure now until June 21st. But uh, NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly did speak on that. And he said the NHL remains hopeful that an extended Canada-U.S. border closure still will not materially affect the resumption of play timelines they're currently currently contemplating. Uh, now, they do want to get to this next phase where players can get to facilities, and a lot of that would tra- you know would have to have players coming from Canada back into the United States. A lot of players, I think 17%, are in Europe right now as well. Uh, what is the situation when they do return? 14-day quarantine. So all these things are being worked out by the Return to Play Committee right now. Uh, but the NHL and Bill Daly saying that this shot should not materially affect the resumption of play timelines that they're currently contemplating. So that certainly is good news. News uh, for the ability to get this game back on the ice as quickly as possible. 
One other bit of news to come out on uh, Tuesday was that the NHL's PA's executive board, which means the 31 player reps, James Van Riemsdyk, the player rep for the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, they voted to defer a decision on their April 15th paycheck until the end of the month. This is the second time now that they've deferred this paycheck. It will be revisited again uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks. We'll see what they opt to do. Uh, this could be a situation where they defer it completely and start to kind of pay for uh, the lack of revenue that's coming in now, just don't take that paycheck and mitigate um, their uh, escrow payment next year. The only question there is, what about players that won't be in the league next year or players that are retiring? Uh, they certainly want that last paycheck now and uh, and, and will push the pain forward. Uh, but the players that are going to still be in the league next year would like to soften that blow on escrow coming up a year from now. Mark, before we get to our guest here, Simone Gagne, let me tell you that this podcast is brought to you by Yingling Lager. Hey, Philly fans, grab a cold Yingling and elevate your taste because this isn't just a beer. It's a lager. It's time to spread your wings. Yingling traditional lager. Now my conversation with former Flyer Simone Gagne, part of that 2000 team that had the five-overtime game against the Pittsburgh Penguins, 2004, a conference final team, and, of course, the 2010 team uh, that went all the way to the Stanley Cup final. We'll talk about all of that and much more Here's my conversation with former Flyer, Simone Gagne. Happy to have joining us right now on Flyers Daily, uh, former Flyer, uh, 22nd overall pick in the 1998 draft. He's won a gold medal. He's won a Stanley Cup. Uh, I'm assuming that he also probably won the Pee Wee Tournament in Quebec. Simone Gagne joins us right now. Simone, how are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. You? Well, I'm hanging in, man. The, the pandemic's got everybody just kind of going crazy and wanting to get the game back on the ice. How's, it, how's the people kind of reacting where you are up in Canada? with the, yeah, the playoffs yeah i guess it's pretty much the same way here uh you know uh i'm back home here in quebec and uh you know no hockey uh not on not only for the uh nhl but uh, for the for my son for his friend uh, for minor hockey junior hockey every, everything stopped at the at one moment that uh, now we really know it was serious enough but uh now uh we know what we're dealing with and uh no, I think it's hard on on everyone that uh, we're stuck at home and uh, not able to uh, to move too much. But now slowly they start to open some 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 things uh, like us here. Uh, we're going to be able to play golf and uh, tennis uh, uh, Wednesday, um, and after that, hopefully they, they they're going to give us the okay to to start doing a little bit more sport because you know. Uh, I uh, have three kids here in uh, in in the house. That uh, yeah, it's good. You know, uh, <laughs> the first two the first two week was fun. You know, no school, uh, stay home. It's fun. But uh, after two months, uh, they start to uh, to get a little crazy. So uh, uh, they need to get outside, and uh, the weather start to be nice here. So that's that's a good thing. Yeah, they got to burn off that energy. I, I I know what you're going through. I got three myself. Um, uh, what age is your boy playing? Uh, my my boys, uh, my oldest was uh, at home double A. Uh, he's ten years old. He just finished that next next year. Uh, he's jumping up Pee Wee. So you were talking about the Pee Wee uh, Carnival of Quebec. Uh, uh, that, that that could be a possibility for him next year. But uh, you know who who knows? Are we going to be able to play uh, uh, next uh, next year? Is it the the, the Pee Wee tournament? Uh, it's it's an international. Uh, Teams that come all over the, the world, not only Canada, United States, but you get teams coming from Europe. So, is it going to be? Uh, is it going to be? Uh, is it going to be? I have a tournament this year here in Quebec for the Pee Wee tournament. I don't know, but uh, like any 
uh, NHLer that played that tournament. You you want to play that tournament, you know. It, my my son was waiting to, he cannot wait to play Pee Wee because of the the tournament in Quebec. Uh, this is a big big tournament, and uh, it's something that uh, you know as a young kid and even myself and like I said, all the NHL players that play remember. Uh, uh, you know, we always remember that that tournament as a, one of the best uh, moments uh, as a childhood. Yeah, uh, so many great players have gone through and played it. I played it in the early '80s uh, when I was, I think, '84. It was for me. Uh, but uh, Simone, um, you look at your your post playing career. How's it been adjusting to that? It's been a few years now, so certainly you're yeah. assimilated with the kids and everything else. But how's that been to to kind of settle into life after playing professional hockey? Yeah, yeah. No, the first year, I'm not gonna lie. It's a, it's a little weird, you know. You're, you're supposed to get up and uh, having your, your routine. Go at the rink, you know. Wake up at let's say eight o'clock. It go at the rink for a ten thirty practice. Uh, you know, practice lunch with the guys and come back home. Have your, your little uh, routine. Your nap in the afternoon. Now you, you're not allowed to have that anymore. You know, with uh, with young kids. But now kids going to school, so have a little bit more free time. Um, now it's been four year, four or five years since I, I since, uh, since I retired. So uh, it, it's been actually, it's been fun. You know, I have a lot of, I'm spending a lot, a lot of time with the kids. Like I was saying, my oldest uh, play hockey. I, I'm, I coach him the last two years. So I'm, I'm involved here with the minor hockey. Uh, so I have a chance to see him, uh, no, I'm I'm the coach. I'm I'm on the ice every practice. I'm behind the bench for every game, so I don't miss one game. Uh, in my two uh, youngest, in the the middle ones, eight years old, uh, she she likes to dance. She's a uh, I call it hip hop dancing. You know, she 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 like that. So I'm able to to uh, see uh, the sh- the show that she's doing now around Christmas time, and she have one in the summer. Uh, and the youngest one uh, like to do some gymnastics. So uh, uh, that, that, that the three kids uh, keep me pretty busy, and uh, now I, I don't have too much free time. Uh, even if I, you know, I'm I don't work. You know, I'm 40 years old. I don't work, but uh, um, I, I have um, I have a little bit of free time for myself in the summer. I play golf, like uh, most of the hockey players that uh, uh, that are retired now. And um, in the winter, I try to. Uh, keep myself in shape even in the summer too you know but uh in, in the in the winter we have a bunch of guys that uh play the game uh some guys play in the nhl some guys play in europe or uh, junior high level hockey and we play every thursday night uh so it's fun you know uh, just just uh, you think the thing you miss about hockey uh it doesn't matter what what uh, level you play it's the camaraderie in, in in the locker room before the game and after yep. the game that's that's what you miss the most and uh I'm able to uh, recreate that a little bit every Thursday uh, Thursday night with my boys here in Quebec. Yeah, that's the you're right. You miss the boys, you miss the locker room, you miss all the conversation and camaraderie that yeah. comes with it. And all roads lead to beer league, no matter where you played. You know, uh, even though yours doesn't sound like a, a beer league to me, uh, at least. Um, Simone, you had some great. <laughs> you had some. That doesn't look like my beer league, that's for sure. Um, you had some great accomplishments in your career. Um, if you leave the Flyers, you end up winning a cup. You win a gold medal in 2002 in Salt Lake for Team Canada. Uh, you played for your international team. You played World Juniors for your country. When you look back at all that you accomplished, I mean, 822 games, 601 points, what really sticks out to you? Because there's a heck of a lot of accomplishment in there, including a 47-goal 47 47 season, 
back in 05, 06, man, you really had a great team and a great run. Yeah, well, I had so many great memories, uh, especially, you know, I spent more than uh, 10 years in Philly and, uh, no, for me to, uh, no, I play my junior hockey in Quebec, so where, where I'm from, you know, so I didn't had a chance to, like most of junior players that uh, at 16 years old, you go away, you're not at the house anymore. So me, my first experience to be away from the house from my parents was uh, my first year with the Flyers. And uh, that was special, you know. Uh, this is where you start to, you know, you're 19 years old, 19 years old, but you have to turn almost uh, as a grown man right away because you play in the big league with uh, big boys now. And in my time, you know, you have a lot more guys in the 30s and middle 30s than right now. You have kids, not kids, but players that are mostly uh, 20, 20, in the middle of 20s, end of 20s. You know, you start to be old in the NHL. But in my time, you know, it was almost like playing with uh, a bunch of dads, you know, almost uh, my first year. But uh, yeah, I have so many great numbers. My first year was was the one that stick the most, you know, uh, coming in the locker room with the, the Eric Lindros uh John Leclerc, Mark Ricky, Eric Desjardins, uh, uh, Rod Brandmore was there, got traded, Primo came in. Uh, now all the guys, uh, Chris Terrier, Dan McGillis, I could, I could go all, all and on, you know. Uh, uh, they, they, they make me welcome right away, uh, even if I was a French Canadian that, uh, you know, my English was not really good at that time, a little bit shy too, but the, the guys took me on their wings and uh, they helped me to, to to get through the first couple of months. And after that, I get more comfortable. And if you remember that that first year, we had a really good run. We uh, lost in uh, conference final game seventh against Jersey. So one game away to go to the Stanley cup final your first year, I was like, wow, that, that, that was crazy. You know, the playoffs in Philly in front of the fans, that was my first game. I think was against Buffalo. We we're playing at home and the game was at seven o'clock and my first year was coming well, maybe two hours before the game. So around 5 o'clock or 4.30, I was at, at the game. And I, I'm driving in and I see uh, now the, the, the parking lot was packed of fans and party. And I was like, oh, did, did, I, did I miss the game? Did I, maybe I'm late or something. I, I start to get really nervous, you know. I didn't really expect that. And, uh, uh, but I was crazy, you know, and uh, like I said, uh, your first year, you're one game away to go to Stanley Cup final and you like, wow, that's 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 good. And you think that's going to happen maybe in the next year or the year after that. But that's not the case. You know, it's uh, when you have the shot to go all the way, you need to take it. But my first year, I thought I'm going to have a chance to go uh, at least uh, four, five, six times. But uh, that's not the case. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, I, I, I was lucky enough to go uh, – twice one with the flyers and one with the la kings but uh it's not something that happened uh that easy you know every season uh, you need to be you need to be almost a, a perfect run with all the the the, the lucky bounds and all the the, the the chance the injuries and you know to be healthy and stuff like that so um that's that's what stick to my mind right away you know when you talk about uh um my career you know well, it's interesting. You hit the ground running. I mean, 20 goals in your rookie year. Uh, you were fourth in the Calder uh, voting that year. But let, let me take you, because there's been all these anniversaries that have come up and we're really focusing on them without the pause. Uh, first, let me take you back to May 4th, 2000, when uh, the five overtime game against Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. Keith Primo scores. 
Um, talk about that moment because I, I want to bring it full circle to what you did in 2010. Just the elation that you felt when that puck went in by Primo. I felt um, a big relief, I guess. It's finally over, that was, right? <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a long game, you know, and, <laughs> and even today you think about it and sometimes I was like, oh, maybe it was three overtime or but now it's five overtime. It's almost you played three games in, in one night. Uh, I remember we were, we were exhausted, you know, between between period. You know, at one point, guys were eating pizza and chocolate and everything we could find, you know, that uh, could brought us could bring bring us in the locker room uh, downstairs. Uh, between period was at the old igloo in Pittsburgh, so uh, <laughs> that was not really comfortable. You now sitting in the locker room, but. Uh, uh, we had some fun guys. Some guys had some uh, IVs because you start to get uh, dehydrated, you know, uh, playing that long. And uh, uh, but when Prem scored that goal, and, and remember that game, you know, Brian Boucher and Ron Tugnut was on the other side. They were unbelievable. They, yeah. You know, almost like not, not, nothing's gonna go in. And even even more, the game was going in, going on. Uh, we were getting tired, and, and we had some good chance, but. The, you almost feel that you had no energy to shoot the puck hard enough to beat those guys. So, uh, but Prem's uh, got uh, one of the one of to me it was a great shot. You know, Prem said it was a lucky goal, and Ron Tudnut said that he was tired and he went down too quick. But to me, it was a a perfect shot right under the crossbar. And uh, I was on the ice, you know, and I saw that puck went in, and uh, uh, I was able to jump in Primo's uh, arm when uh, when he scored and. Like I said, for us was a, a good relief, and um, I think it was a turning point in that series. We we're down 0-2 uh, that series against Pittsburgh. We lost first the first two games in Philly, and we went to Pittsburgh, and no one kind of gave us any chance to come back, and we were able to to win to win both games in in uh, Pittsburgh, and that one game in five overtime was uh, something really unbelievable to be part of. But uh, for us, it was a big win to. Uh, help us to, after that, win the next uh, two games and beat Pittsburgh in six. Well, let's talk about, because you just said Primo had a great shot there, and he went bar down, right under the bar, perfectly placed shot. Uh, in 2010, you know where I'm going with this, because the anniversary was just uh, last Friday, and the goal that you scored against the Boston Bruins in game seven to give the Flyers the lead in the third period. But let's be really honest here, Simone. That was a goal scorer's goal to collect and go, bar down over the blocker of Tuka Rask. Talk about that goal and just, I mean, the moment of going down 3-0 in the series. And, and you're the guy that scored the overtime goal in game four to keep the series alive. And then to do what you did in game seven, simply unbelievable. Yeah, that was fun. That was definitely <laughs> uh, the, 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 the fun one of, uh, to me, you know, if you ask me the, the, the best, uh, uh, moment with the Flyers have to be 2010, the whole series, the, the whole playoffs, you know, the run to the Stanley Cup final, even if you, we we lost in game six against Chicago, that's, that's, now it's, it's still fresh in my mind. And, and that, that uh, series against Boston being down 0-3 and uh, to me, um, now I had a broken foot, I broke my foot against Jersey first round game five, if I remember, or game four, I had surgery the next day, and and the doctor told me that now I was pretty much done for a month. So uh, in my mind, uh, there was no way I could go come back and play against Boston. And uh, 
uh, when I played that game four and I was able to play, it was, it was just a self. And every shift I was doing, I was like, okay, one more shift. One more shift. It's yeah. good. Oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And uh, in every game we were winning, I was like, it, it wasn't just an, an extra day for me to, to have a chance to play. And every every day I was waking up in the morning, it was almost like my foot was getting stronger and was was healing better, you know, it was it was, was going in the right direction. And uh, and that game seven in Boston, and like you're saying, uh, uh, we can uh, put ourselves in a hole uh, pretty early, losing uh, – he scored the first three goals. We're down three nothing, and uh, if, if you remember, Levy called that 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 key timeout because um, what I remember when Luchis uh, scored gained the the third goal, uh, we we were, we were I don't want to say no, um, we're down on the bench. Your head was down most of the. I was looking around, and it's almost like okay. Guys, yeah, so we we give a shot, you know. We 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 push it to game seven. We did our best, but no, that's it. We're gonna lose game seven. But Lavi called that time out and and gave us a, a a good speech that gave us a little bit of energy and make us believe again of of something. And he said, no, just score one goal, one goal before the the end of the first and and couple shift after TVR score, and we look at each other. So, is it possible again? Can we come back from that? And uh, when we scored that that second goal, it was almost like okay, we we're gonna come back and tie that game and, and win that game at one moment. And uh, I was lucky enough to uh, to get that chance to go on the power play in the third. And if you remember, they they, they took uh, too many men on the ice. You could yep. see that they were starting to getting nervous because you know you don't want to take a penalty like that at the end of the third period when when it's game seven and uh, we know that we kind of pushed them uh, uh, in a corner at, at that point. And when it, they took that, it was almost like a, you're like an animal. You want to jump on, on your price, you know, you want to finish them. And um, we're lucky to, to get a power play. And uh, we try to play a couple of times, me and Richie before in, in the season, uh, now Richie on the board and it just kind of fake is going to shoot, but he's passing on my stick. So I just tried to deflect it. Uh, to just to just you know to 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 miss on the, the goalie kind of doesn't know what's going on, but the, the, the their defenseman blocked blocked that play, and that puck came right back on my stick at the right place at the right moment. And uh, mm. I, I, and even today, you know, I'm I'm teaching kids now uh, to play hockey for a lefty how to score goals, and I, I'm always saying when the goalie catching on on the, the left side, you know, just go on the blockers side low blocker side and uh, and that's what, what I did uh, on on that goal I just I just knew there was something open on that blocker side and it kind of hit the the side of the post and went in and uh, definitely one of the biggest uh, goal that I score as a Flyers and maybe in my career so uh, and after that it was just a question to stick together as a team and we knew with uh, with the the, the 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 core defensemen that we had the the, the um, even if we had a fourth line that was not scoring goals, we knew we could put them on the ice and shut shut the other team defensively, and and that's where we did the rest of the game. And now, uh, after that, uh, we we knew we did some, we accomplished something really special uh, as a team and uh, for uh, for um, for hockey in the history. Yeah, what a moment it was, and 
I was along, you know, doing the, the intermissions for that playoff run, and it was, it was intense, very intense. Joey J, actually, when I said that I was going to have you on, he tweeted and he said, you know, how did he push through the pain to not only get back in that Bruins series but be impactful? That kind of mental toughness is unfathomable, and you're right. Uh, as your foot gets stronger and stronger. Uh, last question for you, Simone. Uh, Schelio tweeted, and he says, uh, do you celebrate your birthday on the 28th of February, or do you celebrate it on March 1st because you're a, a leap year? Yeah, but tell tell him this year I had, an, I had my real birthday. I, we had a yeah I had a, uh, February twenty nine this year. So, uh, and I turned forty. So uh, that that's that's Special. maybe the bad thing about it. But uh, <laughs> uh, but we did uh, we did a nice uh, my my wife and the kids the family did a big party uh, for me uh, and just just before you know uh, all that that thing happened. So I was lucky enough to have a birthday with uh, all my friends, family, and. Uh, uh, so uh, that was really fun. But mo- most of the time when I was younger, uh, we did it on uh, on the 28th. You know, so you stay on the same month that you're born. And uh, uh, but uh, be honest with you, I had some some friends and family that called me on the 28th, and some people call me on March 1st. So uh, <laughs> they had they had uh, so if they they were missing my my, my to, to call me on my first on the 28th, they had another chance to call me on the first. So. Uh, uh, that that's uh, that was pretty fun. Well, happy belated birthday and uh, welcome to the Forty Club. Uh, it's all yeah. downhill, brother. <laughs> 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 Physically, at least. Hey, man, I really appreciate you doing this, Simone. It's great to catch up with you. Uh, so many great memories from your career. Uh, I got I got a chance to be there for a lot of it and cover it uh, at doing the broadcast. And you're always uh, just such a classy guy, a gentleman. And uh, you, you had a great career with the Flyers, a great career in the NHL, and and for hockey in general. I love that you're giving back to the game and coaching your son. We look forward to maybe the Flyers drafting him uh, when he gets of age here in about uh, eight or nine years. But uh, I appreciate you doing this. Stay healthy and best of luck. Thank you. I appreciate it. Great to catch up with Simone Gagne here on Flyers Daily. Uh, one of the guys, boy, he's just such a good talker, uh, a great guy to to cover in the years uh, that he was here in Philadelphia, and particularly when he came back. I remember when he was uh, traded back to the Flyers from the Los Angeles Kings. Things were not going well for him in Los Angeles, and Dean Lombardi sent him back here to Philadelphia in a trade, and it was you could see the relief on his face when he came back as a member of the Flyers, and it just he just felt way more at home here, despite the fact that a couple of years in Los Angeles he did win a cup. Uh, but that being said, uh, it was great to get him back and uh, finish his career uh, it was great to get him back in a Flyers uniform, although he did not finish his career as a Philadelphia Flyer. actually finished as a Boston Bruin. So thanks to Simone Gagne. Flyers Daily brought to you by Yingling Lager. Hey, Philly fans, grab a cold Yingling and elevate your taste because this is just as in a beer. It's a lager. It's time to spread your wings, Yingling traditional lager, and give them a follow on Twitter at Yingling Beer. Coming up on Friday's episode, we're going to hear from former Flyer Danny Briere, my conversation with the playoff hero of 2010. Boy, he had a magical run. 23 games, 12 goals, 18 assists, 30 points. We'll talk to him about why he was so good in the NHL postseason throughout his entire career. Talk about that and much more with Danny Briere on Friday's episode and also Flyers player rep and part of the return to play committee. Uh, James Van Riemsdyk will be on Friday's episode as well. Uh, Leave us a rating and review if you can. That helps other Flyers fans find us. Check out any of the old episodes there on iTunes as well. In the meantime, everybody, thanks for listening. Stay healthy, and we'll talk to you on Friday's episode of Flyers Day. With my perceptions and I'm edged down 20 miles through the sticks Through the cloudy town of Bellevue population 96 